This question is by an anonymous from the physical retreat. This question is asked on behalf of my brother. For many years, I have been feeling disconnected with my emotions. I don't feel particularly sad, happy, or excited about anything. This is not equanimity, but rather numbness. I feel like a third person watching my life has passed by. Life seems meaningless. This feeling of detachment has affected my relationship with others, and I feel that I can't enjoy my life like I ought to. What should I do? Thank you. So upeka uh, equanimity, uh, it has this uh, nipita, like a, a weariness or very wholesome type of uh, weariness. Um, it alleviates uh, the uh, liking, the sort of satisfaction in in the world. Uh, but this, what we call weariness or nipita, it isn't a type where we feel uh, bored or we have uh, feelings of uh, depression. Uh, that's not right. Um, it's awareness that comes from uh, seeing things clearly with wisdom. And so there is also a feeling of inner fullness, fulfillment, inner happiness. And there's also the strength of samadhi, of concentration that uh, supports uh, the mind as well. And so that is a correct. Uh, but for yourself, the one asking the question, uh, you have these sort of moods and states of feeling num numbness. There's neither any suffering, no happiness, no excitement. Uh, and so the mindfulness is uh, weak in, in your mind. And it's, uh, this is one of the hindrances, um, the Niwara, Niwarana, uh, the hindrances of sloth and torpor. And so there is a sluggish there and that has uh, covered over the mind. And so you don't really know of uh, any happiness or um, don't see that there is any benefit of uh, anything or of life. And this you do have to be quite careful with. Um, so you should do things that you can enjoy and uh, that the mind will find enjoyment with, uh, like having friends, um, maybe having social groups, um, maybe chatting, talking with others, um, doing some exercise in order to make the mind more uh, physically strong. Um, and so you shouldn't just uh, let this um, condition just go um, its own way. Um, you will tend to get maybe anxious over it, um, not be interested in sleep, get bored of uh, food, and don't see that life has any benefit. And so you should actively do something about it and change your environment, go to maybe nature, uh, see the trees, a mountain, the forest, um, do things so that your mind finds more enjoyment, more fulfillment. 
for some people, this comes about because they don't succeed in something that they wish for or aspire or are trying to work towards. And so that failure then can affect their mind and even lead to sickness, the sickness of the body, sickness of the mind. And so if these symptoms get severe, then one should consult a professional who has knowledge in this um, and um, what one may even need to use uh, certain medications in order to to help one's uh, situation first. Um, but for some, there are they have this problem as well, but uh, they are able to later on gain success. And with that um, success or achievement, then their sickness can actually go away as well. There was one singer, I guess, in Thailand that um, they had sort of mental problems or difficulties and but later on they were able to gain praise and some success and they got more happiness and fulfillment because of that and their sickness or mental sickness um, was was overcome um, so you should do something that uh, you should do something and gain success or fulfillment uh, in doing that um, if you look around, there are many people who are suffering or in a much worse uh, case situation than you. Um, and you can still walk, you can still do things. Um, and so you can and should uh, try to improve the strength of your mind. Um, but for you to just practice and meditate only, you're going to have problems with that. So um, instead, you should try to do things like uh, actively help um, in society, help uh, those children in need or help the elderly um, do things in order to improve the strength of your mind. <clears throat> so you do have to be careful with this. Um, and it is some people then do have this problem, a lot of maybe depression coming up, uh, maybe coming up quite regularly, maybe a lot of anxiety, uh, the mind is sort of un uncontrollable, maybe a lot of anger or hatred coming up quite often and regularly, um, or maybe things that you used to like to do and now you don't like to do it anymore. Uh, maybe you used to like to play sport, do different activities, hobbies, maybe watch shows, um, uh, eat food etc um, and you get very bored of doing all that you don't want to do it anymore so you do have to be quite uh, careful that if you have different symptoms coming up like you don't you're not wanting to you're not resting enough your memory's sort of um, gone quite bad you don't have any more physical strength um, so you you may have even many of these types of symptoms come up and so then uh, you should um, maybe consult someone who has knowledge in this, these types of sickness or mental um, problems or physical problems. This question is for an anonymous from the physical retreat. Dear Ajahn Anand, thank you for your teachings. I used to think about food during meditation, but now less and less. During this retreat, I noticed that I find eating food a chore, slight aversion to eating. Yet, 
during tea break, I enjoy the dark chocolate. It seems my attitude to eating is swinging. Can you advise on the right attitude towards food so as to develop my sati and wisdom? Thank you. So maybe you don't find the food in the monastery very delicious. Maybe they've been giving you vegetarian food now for many days. Um, it's the same cook, uh, the same food, and in the same taste. And so you're getting this every day and maybe you're feeling quite uh, indifferent now um, of it. It's just not delicious to you. Uh, so you do have to endure then eating it. Um, you eat it um, in a way that you're just you um, you're just eating or using medicine really. So the food is like a medicine, and it supports um, you to be able to to practice the dhamma. Um, when Venerable Ajahn Anand was a young monk. Uh, there was um, usually he would have sticky rice, and so in the alms bowl, Venerable Ajahn Chah would teach that um, just eat everything in only one vessel, so everything has to go into the bowl. And so uh, there was Ovaltine, some milk that was being given given out um, uh, to to the monks, and he couldn't pour it in a cup because that would be two vessels. And so um, he poured, what was he to do? Then he poured it into the arms bowl as well. Um, so the sticky rice and the Ovaltine, the milk, it was, it went together quite well. Um, um, and so it, it mixed together, it was, it was good. But then when he added the, with the, the fish and the chili, uh, then that didn't go together maybe so well, um, but he would be very restrained or it helped uh, one's sense restraint. <clears throat> and even before Venerable Ajahnanan ordained, he would try to sort of um, uh, test out or, or practice with this and mixing like curries and dessert together and eating that. And he noticed that if you eat it like that, then maybe you'd eat half as much as you usually would. Uh, you'd feel that, oh, that was enough. Um, and which meant that in the Dhamma practice, you wouldn't really need uh, that much food like you thought you would need. Um, so how you're practicing eating like that um, is, it's just normal that uh, you have that sort of feeling towards the food there, um, but it's still good that you're able to, to eat um, or you can eat less, which is good. Um, it's normal that when it gets to evening time, then the body sort of wants to have those things like sugary things, sweets, chocolate, um, because it wants to get more energy. So that's something normal. Um, but just train to find just the right amount and contemplate the food as being a medicine. Um, it's just to support your practice and your meditation. So you only need a, a bit of food um, or enough food uh, to do that, to sustain that. And you can notice that if you get all the food that you really like 
um, then you'll notice that the mind even that takes the first um, mouthful, then the mind will be all over the place. It won't be able to stay still. Um, it won't even know the taste um, because it's it's thinking uh, here and there over and over. Um, and so you need to contemplate the food as being um, loathsome or disgusting. Uh, the food, it enters the body and straight away it loses all its value. Uh, straight away, the food has become something very disgusting. Um, so train in contemplating food and practicing with it. Um, and the correct practice is when you don't have uh, liking or disliking or attraction or aversion towards it. Um, you, you also may just be getting very used to the, the flavors um, of the taste, sorry, and you're just eating it in order to reduce your painful feelings in the body, that's all. Um, and so that you're able to still eat every day, it's your your merit, your good merit. Um, and uh, you you can have some sweets in the evening, so it is quite easy and convenient to practice with. Um, uh, Lumpur Ginnery, who is Venerable Ajahn Chah's teacher, uh, he would say that if in 15 days you have one day where you have a sweet, then you would get uh, attached to the sweets or the, the sugary uh, food or, or sugary things. And when Venerable Ajahn Anand heard this, he thought once every 15 days to have a sweet thing is very difficult to do. Uh, but he tried and he found that he could, he could do it. Um, but for yourself, you do have uh, yeah, some dark chocolate, and that's just to relieve uh, painful feelings in the body. And so it means that your body doesn't have to wait till the next day in order to get that uh, sweet thing. Um, and so basically, Anumodhana, Benvajananan, Anumodhana rejoices with uh, all your efforts in this practice. This question is from Alex Davis from the United States from the online retreat. Dear Long Paul, lay life can be busy and our sensory input is very high. By the end of the day, I often find my mind to be overstimulated and scattered. This can often be accompanied with a headache and lots of tension. Do you have any recommendations for preventing and treating this? Thank you for your help. So from your question, you can see that you see the drawbacks, the dangers of uh, suffering. Um, when there's passa sense contact, uh, then the mind experiences, receives that, then suffering arises, there's craving, there's attachment coming up, and all the time there's this sense of self coming up, uh, me, them, me, them, all the time. And this is suffering uh, coming up, arising. So what to do? Uh, there's only one path, one path that you can do or that can overcome it is 
uh, sila, samadhi, and panya. And so you need to practice it. Um, uh, even if you're tired coming back home, uh, you can then do a shortened abbreviated chanting and then train in mindfulness and developing samadhi, uh, making, try to make the mind firm uh, and putting down any sort of moods, mental states, um, things from work or basically not letting any work uh, follow one back home. So being able to put it down and cut off those uh, moods, objects that make the mind all agitated and uh, tense. So you can go home, you take a shower, you, you eat, and then uh, work at training the mind, doing your chanting, meditation, um, trying to you reduce that sort of uh, anxiety or, or tension and um, uh, distractions. Um, you, it, you may still have it, but um, they will get better. Um, and so you can also wake up early in the morning when the body is refreshed. It's a good sort of a surrounding, maybe quite peaceful. Then you do your chanting and your meditation then and uh, when the body's refreshed. Um, and through the day, you develop uh, mindfulness with uh, that sense contact whenever you experience different things uh, through the senses, uh, have mindfulness a lot with it. Um, if you let go uh, of your mindfulness, then the mind will become more exhausted and the mind runs off with all these sense impressions, inputs, um, then it just gets tired and it will then affect the body as well. And things like you've said, like having tension and even headaches come up. And so just sort of uh, redetermine yourself in this practice, in the training, um, and also through the day, try to have metta, loving kindness as well. Um, you can use as a even a meditation or sort of as a repetition, uh, may I be well and happy, well and happy, um, repeating this over and over again. Um, and all the sense input you have, like say you're talking to someone, oh sorry, someone's talking to you and you're listening, but you have mindfulness there as well with that. And so it's not like you're uh, sort of opening all your sense doors and letting everything in. Um, that's like one has opened the doors of the house and then everything can come in. Um, and so if you mindfulness is weak in that, then uh, this will give effects to the mind and the body. Um, so have a lot of mindfulness uh, with your work or through the work day and the times when you're working and you don't have to use your thinking mind um, then you can you can uh, meditate along with it um, and maybe try that every hour you have maybe five minutes where you bring up mindfulness uh, or even meditate at that time 
uh, or you can try that every half an hour you'll have a something that goes off that reminds you and ask you oh where is your mindfulness now do you have mindfulness at this moment um, and so this can bring up mindfulness in different ways uh, like this and this can relieve different stress and tensions that you may have um, so um, yeah and when you when you go home then you have to charge your battery charge your mind up basically in order to prepare uh, to fight again the next day this is a three parts question from susan from the physical retreat dear ajan anan i would like to ask first if we do not have greed anger and delusion at the time of death where does our consciousness go Nibbana, is Nibbana the same as pure land? Second, is there rebirth where a person gets a better life? Third, what if a person had a bad past life and in present time is doing good deeds? Will he be able to achieve Nibbana or still get a rebirth? Thank you for enlightening me for the second time in Wat Makchan. So if in at the time that one dies and one doesn't have greed, hatred, delusion there um, at that time, so it's a temporarily at that time, one doesn't have uh, greed, hatred, delusion. Um, they have thoughts of merit, of goodness, they've done uh, thoughts of dana, giving the precepts they've kept before the sila, um, thinking of their, their bhavana, their practice, or uh, they, they recollect, thinking of Bhutto, Dhammo, Sankho, the mind is uh, bright, radiant. Um, that time there's no greed, hatred, delusion in the mind, and um, there's a wholesome state of mind. There's no uh, darkness there, which we call akusala, the, the unwholesomeness, unskillfulness there. So the mind is bright um, from having built uh, merit and goodness. And so at the time of death, then one will go to a happy or pleasant uh, destination or rebirth, uh, which we call uh, heaven. Um, and so this is dependent on the strength of one's mind, uh, the power of merit that's there will lead it to a, a happy rebirth or life. Um, but if you're saying then, is it possible for one to go to Nibbana at that, with that state of mind and at time of death, then if one has a mind that has samadhi, um, has wisdom, their barami is full, and they're able to at that time see into rupa and nama, materiality, mentality as being anatta, non-self, then the mind can be purified and it can be uh, free or liberated from all suffering at the time of death. But that is something quite difficult uh, to 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 happen like that 
Um, it's not like oh, one can just practice only a little bit in throughout one's life. And then at the last moment uh, before death, then one can put everything down and go to Nibbana. Um, it doesn't work that way. It has to have its supportive conditions like uh, one's mindfulness, one's wisdom is almost uh, perfect. Um, and the uh, sila, samadhi, panya gather together and one can become and attain to uh, no, become Arya or noble being then. Uh, so Nibbana is the complete uh, extinguishment or li liberation, cessation, the freedom from suffering, whereas Sukhavati is maybe called the, uh, I think it's pure, pure land. And this is for those that wish or want, aspire to build Barami. And it's for those uh, ones when they're there to build more Barami there. Um, and so they build more Barami and it becomes more wider. And while they're there, they also help other sentient beings um, by teaching the, the Dhamma, helping them to, to um, uh, see because they see the Dhamma or, or, or come closer to the Dhamma. And so then they also be, uh, are led to Sukhavadi as well. And only when the Barami is full, you could say, then um, one could attain to Nibbana uh, from there. Uh, so two was, is there rebirth where, where a person gets a better life uh, then this is up to one's own good karma uh, that one has done, has built, and it does require the support of merit. Um, so one builds, one may have uh, used, I'm sorry, been in a, in a realm where one has used up one's merit, and then one comes back to be reborn and then again builds more merit, more uh, dana, sila, and, and bhavana, more good karma and goodness. Um, and it is that in that life one may receive, or one will receive both the results of good and uh, bad karma, but one builds that merit and uh, barami in that life. Um, but however it is, may one uh, overcome all obstacles uh, so that one can go to heaven, go to achieve or uh, Nibbana. Um, if one has the karma to be reborn, then one may one meet uh, the Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha, so one can make these aspirations, meet the uh, Arahants, the fully enlightened, the Pacheka Buddhas, um, and may one achieve the um, uh, uh, overcoming of all karma um, and Nibbana. Uh, so one can make these aspirations. Um, the third part is if a person had a bad past life, in the present time is doing good deeds, will he be able to achieve Nibbana or still get a rebirth? Um, 
they may have uh, sort of karma or bad karma results that they have done in a, in a previous life. And what may happen is then in this present life, then those bad karma may become an obstruction to their building of goodness. Um, you may cut off their life early even. Um, but however it is, whatever karma one has done in the past, um, bad, bad karma, one still has an opportunity in this life in order to develop um, the path, the Noble Eightfold Path, and to achieve Nibbana as well. Just we can look at uh, like Angulimala, Venerable Angulimala, uh, who had a lot of Barami, and he ended up having to uh, uh, kill many uh, people and had to receive the results of all that bad karma. Um, but he didn't have any hatred in his heart. He wanted to aspire for the highest thing, but he had been misled by a teacher who told him that in order to gain that highest uh, state, the highest thing, that he had to kill a certain amount of people. And so he did so because he wanted that special knowledge, um, but he didn't have that hatred there. And so uh, when he listened to the teachings of the Buddha, he was able to uh, change his thinking, change his views, and was able to attain to full enlightenment, arahantship, and uh, to Nibbana. And so this is an example that it is possible in that way, uh, but he still had to receive uh, the results of the karma that he had done. Um, so however it is, may you truly be determined in the practice. And if you're truly determined, then you will attain to truth and to Dhamma. <laughs>